0: open, they're away in the Golden slipper. there's a great start, and Midmaskay on the extreme outside is about the first out, just forward. Juggler on the outside, lunging, but Catlin opening just in front, Juggler trying desperately, can't reach him, Catlin opening has lasted to win the Doncaster by a hit the Juggler. This Iron podcast is brought through. to you by Harness Racing New South Wales. Trainers strive to have horses spot on for race day, fuel cells up, the right mental state, the right fitness levels. Equally important is the horse's capacity to recover quickly from racing and track work. The aim is to give owners every opportunity to win optimum prize money by keeping a horse in training for as long as possible. High Gain Recuperate is a powerful blend of electrolytes, B-group vitamins and vitamin E in paste form which can be administered after fast work and in the days leading up to a race to assist recovery. 30ml of Recuperate drawn from the 500ml bulk pack is the economical alternative to individual electrolyte and vitamin paste syringes. High Gain Recuperate powers performance and recovery. Visit the High Gain website and use promo code JohnTap.Racing to receive 15% off your next Recuperate purchase. Ray Walker's many friends in the harness racing industry are delighted to see the respected Riverina trainer come up with one of the best two-year-olds seen in Australasia this past season. The cult is called Mr Ray. He's unbeaten in six starts, including wins in the Sapling Stakes and the Bathurst Gull Crown final earlier this year. Following a spell, the son of Pet Rock resumed with an easy win at Wagga on the 3rd of September, followed by an even better one, at Young on September the 14th in the heat of the Breeders' Challenge, which puts him into a semi-final at Menangle on October the 16th. Ray Walker is a third-generation trainer from the trotting stronghold of Tamora, home to many an outstanding horse over the years, including the iconic Paleface Adios. Ray's grandfather, Les, competed at the top level in Sydney and Melbourne as did his late father Col, who sadly lost his life in a race fall at Leeton in 1978. Ray was just 17 at the time and immediately took over his dad's training operation and has never been far away from the sport. A true all-round horseman, Ray Walker has excelled as a breeder, breaker, trainer, driver, farrier and a great ambassador for harness racing in the Riverina. He's had some outstanding horses in his time, including one special two-year-old in the 1980s, but many say this cult, Mr Ray, has put a spring in his step, not seen for quite some time. Let's go to Tamora and introduce Ray Walker. Lovely to talk, Ray, on the podcast. Hi,
1: Johnny.
0: You've bred... Many of the good horses you've trained over the years, and Mr Ray is no exception. He's by Pet Rock. He's out of just Glenburn, a mare you trained to win 17 races a few years ago. Ray, I seem to recall she was very quick. She was lethal with the right run. Yeah,
1: very very fast mare, very quick off the mobile. And with like you said, with the right run, he was very good on the day.
0: She seems to have put some of that speed into this bloke.
1: Yes, yeah, she has. I was a little bit disappointed. She's had a few that I thought she might have got one better than herself and it's took till now till, till she has, but she's done the job.
0: Now, you also trained his grandmother, uh, Glenburn Smoothie, who raced only nine times for three wins. She had a knee problem, Ray, didn't she? It, uh, it robbed her of a good career.
1: Yeah, she was a, a very, very good mare. I don't know how good she was. Mm. She went on the old Angle track and she beat a very good horse Dennis Wilson had that day and mm. um, she was a lovely mare.
0: Good two-year-olds have got to be clean-gated and this bloke looks to be the perfect pacer.
1: Yeah, he's a very, very good pacer and it makes all the difference, especially on the smaller tracks, but mm. he, is, he is very good gaited.
0: Is he sensible, Ray? What's the temperament like?
1: Yeah, he's a colt. He's very, very quiet. Just might have a little bit of a nip, hmm. but a very quiet colt and very, very sensible.
0: Yeah. And what gear does he wear, the minimum, by the look of it?
1: At home, you know, just he can free-leg as quick as he can without the hobbles. So uh, lots of times, hmm. although just a bridle and a saddle, he, uh, I put boots on him at the races precautionary, but he doesn't need them.
0: mm at what point did you know you had a good horse
1: johnny i break him in when i wean him at 9 months old roughly mm-hmm. and he took got fright took a fright of a bird when he was bowling around the track probably the fifth time in the cart and took off pace and mm. well i went a lap and i said well this can go
0: did you really
1: yeah, yes he just he just showed it then yeah
0: mm. 9 months old 9 months old mm. Apart from having the pleasure to train him, you're also a part owner. You race him with your wife, Jane, and a good old mate in Greg O'Callaghan.
1: Yeah, yeah, Greg's a a good friend. And he put some money into a horse or two that were no good. Won a race or two, but Mm. I said, you just wait and one day I'll get you one.
0: Did you? And
1: now's that time.
0: Mm. You rang him and uh, what did he say? "I'm, I'm in, I'm straight in. I think he's having more fun than I am. <laughs> that's great, huh? and that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. That's true, that's true. You kicked him off at Kilmore in January. He won well, then you brought him to Manangle, second up to win the time-honoured Sapling Stakes, and it just happened to be Jane's 60th birthday. What a present. <laughs> yes,
1: I don't think she
0: was that wrapped. <laughs> Following a little let-up, you set him for the heat and the final of the famous Bathurst Gull Crown. He won the heat and the final and you picked up your first Group 1. A memorable night.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, I've run a lot of seconds and thirds in Group 1s uh, and it was just um, it's good, to, good to win one.
0: Mm. That carnival has exploded beyond comprehension, hasn't it, the Bathurst Gull Crown Carnival, after a low-key start and on the old track for a number of years, uh, but it's gathered momentum now that they've moved to the lovely big track at Mount Panorama, and it can only get better. It, uh, once COVID-19, of course, disappears from the scene, uh, the Gull Crown Carnival will pick up momentum again. Wonderful night. Yes,
1: yeah, very, very, very big, big thing for trotting. They've done a big job, us getting that off the ground from scratch and, and to where it is today. They've done a real big job.
0: Well, you gave him a good spell after Bathurst and you brought him back. He won very easily at Wagga first up and then you went to Young for the Breeders Challenge Heat. I had a look at the replay again the other day, Ray. This confirmed your high opinion of him. He was a bit slowly away off the second row. He missed a nasty scrimmage at the winning post the first time but gosh, he was giving him a big start from the bell. He finished up winning by a space.
1: Yeah, yeah, very, very, very good drive. Uh, Picked the gap and got through early and uh, Mm. they were going very hard so we just let him settle out the back. He sort of, Daryl knew he had him covered the whole way. It's just a matter of of when to make your run.
0: I watched uh, Daryl's drive at Young. I mean, that was really the first time he'd been under any great pressure. But he's got plenty of composure, hasn't he, Ray? You could tell he was just keeping calm, summing it up, looking around to see where the others were. He, he, was, he had it in hand a long way from home, even though he was that far back.
1: Yeah, he's had a... Darrell's very good driver. He's just lacked opportunities mm-hmm. that a lot of other people... And there's a lot of other people lack opportunity too that can drive. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, now he's got a horse to drive. He, he'll handle the job if the horse is good enough.
0: You're well known as a tutor of young horsemen, and Daryl has been on the scene at your place from a very early age.
1: Yes, yes, Daryl. Um, his father was groomsman at my wedding, so I've known Daryl every mm. day of his life, mm. and I've had a lot of, a lot of people. Chris Hughes, Judy Manion, Daryl. Ricky and Jared Olchin, mm. Ross Arendt, Shane Hawcroft, and the young bloke i got here now, Nick Oran. Mm. Um, five of them have all drove Metropolitan winners. So, you know, they're doing something right.
0: We haven't mentioned Daryl's surname yet, Ray. Perret uh, is the pronunciation around town, and yet looking at it, you'd swear it's, it has some sort of French background.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people, they pronounce it Perro. His dad told me Perrot was his name, so that's what we call him.
0: Race driving isn't his main job. He just happens to be a very, very good farrier, and he shoes a lot of horses around your region.
1: Yeah, he does. He started shoeing here. He was on the phone one day before the mobile phones in the house, and I had a couple of shoes on a horse, and I went back over, and he wasn't very old, and he had the other shoes on. And he, he likes shoeing, and he's gone on and done a, done a real good job and he's probably one of the best around here.
0: Mm. Yeah, he can read a foot, as they say in the business.
1: Yeah, he's he, Johnny Doherty, he, he worked for him mm. for a while and Johnny, no better than Johnny, mm. and um, he learned a lot there and he's been around a bit and, yes, he's very good.
0: You were at the Leeton Trotts the night your dad was involved in that freakish accident, the lowest point of your life?
1: Yes. Just a fall and got knocked unconscious, was out for six weeks mm. and just never, never
0: come good. Mm. And, Ray, you tell me the way it happened, and I don't want to labour the point. He had hold of the reins at the, the time he left the gig.
1: He was pulling a bit hard, the horse, and got a little bit tight and uh, hit a wheel and come down and got flung forward because he had the reins because he was pulling. The reins sort of catapulted him into the ground when he come to the end of it.
0: Oh, dear. Yeah. Dad's passing effectively propelled you into horse training, didn't it, because he had 10 or so in work at the time and you felt duty-bound to carry on where he left off
1: yeah I sought um hard about it for a while, but I had to sort out the ones he had, mm. and he had brood mares and foals and yearlings and two year olds as well as the ones in work so as I was sorting them out, yeah. I was having a fair bit of success he had must have had them nearly ready to win a lot of them.
0: you're too modest
1: and yes, and that success <laughs> yeah. that success that I had sort of put me into the sport
0: mm. Every driver remembers his or her first win. Yours was on Shining Cloud at West Wyalong Ray, a track you've patronised right throughout your career.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, so West Wyalong on the little old track they had there. It was a very small track, and yes, remember that. Uh, was a, I worked for David Jack, and mm. he sent me there with Russell and Oscar Livermore. Sent me off to West Weilung all the way from Hetty. Mm-hmm. The horse was good enough to do the job. And beat me good, mate, Mick Souden.
0: <laughs> did you? Who <laughs> had something to say when you were pulling up, I'll bet. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> yeah. Took you a while to snare that first Harold Park win, Ray. It came just before Christmas in 1985. You won on a real ruffie. By the name of Gavel Chad, he was any old price.
1: Yeah, I was staying at Billy Wilkins's at the time with the horse Mm. and he was 80 to 1. Everything just fell his way and he got in by by a nose.
0: Mm. I think he beat a horse from the Frost stable by the name of Grand Delight driven by Margaret Frost who hadn't been long uh, in action at Harold Park at that time.
1: Yes, yes, just beat Margaret, drove it, and just got beat. Mm. Um, They thought it had a bit to do with Vicky Frost, and Mm. they thought it was unbeatable, but uh, funny things happen in racing.
0: Yeah, he just got there. It was pretty tight, wasn't it?
1: Very tight, very tight.
0: Yeah, he turned out to be a pretty good horse for you, didn't he, Gavel Chad? He was one of your best performers back then.
1: Back in them days... As you'd know, Johnny, you had to be good to go to Harold Park on a Friday night. You couldn't just turn up.
0: Mm. Ray, just try to explain to me in a nutshell what did it mean to a young bush trainer and driver to turn up at that sacred place? It had an atmosphere that Menangle will never ever have.
1: It it uh, driving there when you had the people down the back and the ledger and it's very something special about Harold Park but like Manangle hmm. I'll never have what Harold Park had very special
0: just incredible and what turning for home ray uh, because the stand was situated so close to the track when the crowd and it was always a big crowd back then started to roar it created a sort of a sound vacuum didn't it it was a, it was almost eerie
1: that was like the theatre. It's like being at the finals of the football in Melbourne with the crowd. Mm. It's unbelievable feeling.
0: Yeah, certainly was. Particularly when you got your head in front. <laughs> <laughs> that, that helps. I mentioned in the introduction that you had another top two-year-old in the nineteen eighties by the name of I'm a Red One, who won seven straight at that age. Now Ray, he's the only one you rate anywhere near. Your current two year old star?
1: Yeah, he was very good. I was down stable at the time at Sylvie Bray's of Avian Derby and Adios Victor fame, a stable in the main street there at his place. Mm. And um, he was very good. Sylvie used to always try and help me with the horses there and give me a bit of advice, which was very good. Mm. And he, he won seven straight and went to Melbourne and got beat by Rock Lee Victory. And double white, and they went on to be very good horses. Uh, this mm. horse here, I don't know which one of the two would be, what I'd say is the best at this stage. Really, uh, that's true. He was mm. very good. That horse, very good.
0: Mm. So you think there's a split match in your mind between I'm a red one and Mister Ray?
1: Yes, very. Uh, what they like? I've trained on this track for years and. And I'm a, what I'm a red one can do and this horse can do, there's not much between them.
0: Goodness me. That'll surprise a few people.
1: And a long time ago, that was. Mm. 88, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely. When the tracks uh, weren't as quick, uh, they weren't as mathematically correct as they are today. I mean, you, you can't help but wonder what a horse like I'm a red one could have run at Menangle on the new track.
1: Uh, as he, he went amiss as a three-year-old. But what he could run as a two-year-old, i got no doubt he'd run 50 there easy. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Ray, a mare called Jocela wasn't Avian Derby, but she was very important to you, and I think it's fair to say she put you and Jane on your feet.
1: Yes, what I've oh, what I got over the back here, she was responsible for. She was the first horse that I owned... Himself, that was good. She won 140,000, roughly, mm. back in them days, which was a lot of money. Yeah, and that really, really, made us the setup. What I've got today.
0: Mm. Her record was extraordinary, and we're talking about a mare here, not a tough old gelding. She raced 102 times. She won 21, and she ran 35 placings. Hard to find a mare with that sort of consistency, that sort of attitude.
1: You wouldn't know she was a mare to train. She was never never like a lot of the mares you get. She was just, uh, just a racehorse, wanted to race, mm. just had to watch she didn't kick you. Yeah. Uh, barring that, she just put her head down and go.
0: You had another reliable money spinner back then by the name of Granada Wright, who won 27 races, Ray. Nine or ten at Harold Park. I mean, these are freakish horses, aren't they?
1: Yeah, he was, he was a good horse, Grand Ride. He was tough. He won, he won all them at Harold Park and he went to Mooney Valley. He won at the Valley. Uh, he was, he was um, I'm a Strong one, sparring partner. Uh-huh. They were both good. He was a good horse.
0: Yeah, we'll get to I'm a Strong One in a moment, who was very special to you. A little bit later came Glenburn Chef who didn't last as long as Josh Seller and Granada Wright, but won 10 races and about half a dozen at Harold Park.
1: Very, very good horse. Uh, very good horse. Probably could have went on. Very sturdy type of horse. Mm. Might have, He bled in the end, and whether that sturdiness created that, I don't know. But mm. we never seen the
0: best of him. Glenburn, chef. Now, Ray, we'll just pause for a moment to clear a commitment on the podcast and we'll be back with you after this. Harness Racing New South Wales has established a much needed initiative to help harness racing participants who are struggling with personal issues through these tough times. It's called Mates for Harness and it offers a helping hand to anybody struggling with the ravages of drug or alcohol abuse, domestic violence, or mental illness. Mates for Harness is there for anybody needing a helping hand. The support group is headed up by the very experienced Morris Logue, Chaplain. Colin Watts, and a sports psychologist, Oliver Brett. Ambassadors are on standby all over the state. In the metro area, it's Darren Binskin. The Hunter, Peter Allen. The North West, Leanne Flower. The Western Districts, Amy Reese. The Riverina, Seren Adams. And the Far West, Steve and Marie Robinson. If you need to talk to somebody, Mates for Harness can help www.matesforharness.com.au or ring Morris Logue on 0400 984 193. You don't need to be alone. Talk it over with a mate. My special guest is Ray Walker, top harness horseman from Tamora in the Riverina. Now it was around this time that you were involved in the worst race fall of your long career on that frighteningly tight little bull-eye track. You were one of several to come down on the final turn and you sustained a broken heel. Now, it mightn't sound much, but it required two plates and seven screws. It took you a long time to walk anywhere near normally and, Ray, you are still, to this day, carrying the legacy of that injury. Yeah,
1: I've never, never got over it, Johnny, but... Uh, I suppose I've still got a foot. Some people haven't. Mm. But, uh, the pain—the pain's there all the time, but
0: you've just got to live with it. Bulleye was a track uh, for good drivers and careful drivers. Uh, you know, very few races went by that there wasn't some sort of interference, usually on the turn out of the back straight. But to stand up on that hill and watch harness racing on that little track uh, was one of the... Best sights I've ever seen in the sport. By oh, gee, they looked spectacular, didn't they? That
1: was like, uh, a lot of people mightn't have seen it at the showgrounds in Melbourne, but Bulleye was a bit like that. It was, mm. it was good to watch.
0: Yeah, it's still there, of course. I don't know if horses are worked on there uh, these days.
1: Okay, well, uh, well, if it's still there, they must
0: use it. Yeah, you'd think so. Mm. Now, we've got to acknowledge the deeds of a remarkable horse the aptly named I'm a strong one, who had a love affair with Harold Park. He raced 82 times. Listen to this, Ray, you've probably forgotten. 82 runs, 34 wins, 34 and 13 placings. He was as tough as they come, and it's unlikely you've had a horse before or since who tried harder than he did.
1: No, Johnny, he's, he's the best I've had. He um, got his name on the strong one. We were loading him as a yearling at Henry Oak in the owner's place, and he pulled away. Mm. My daughter Haley wasn't very old. She said, Oh, we better call him on the strong one. Did That's you? how he got his name. He, yeah. But he went to, he won at Mooney Valley, he won six times on a Saturday night when I took him down in a row, it was, which is some effort.
0: Yes, isn't it?
1: Some effort to be able to do that at the, at the valley.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah. That's Com- how good he was. Competition was fierce there. And Ray, you could drive him anywhere you wanted, really, couldn't you?
1: He had to have the speed on. If they walked and sprinted, he was no good. So if they weren't travelling, you had to make, make him travel. But mm. you could generally up in grade drive mm. him anywhere. It didn't matter. No.
0: I seem to recall you sitting outside a very good horse. Um, owned by Reg Walsh, one night at Harold Park, was it late bid?
1: Yeah, he parked outside late bid and beat him. And, uh, Robbie Burns drove late bid and he just shook his head. He hmm. said, "I just didn't think anyone would try that." No, but that's how good he was
0: on his day. Yeah. What about a horse called Vasco da Gama? He was another tough cookie who showed the determination of his Portuguese namesake during his racing career.
1: Was very, very, very strong horse, Vasco de mm. Very strong horse. He, uh, he, he was that good he pulled Mick Watkins to a Harold Park win one night.
0: <laughs> Mick will be listening to this podcast.
1: Oh, sorry, Mick.
0: In <laughs> fact, I thought Mickey was skinny in those days. Skinnier. <laughs> You've won somewhere between 800 and 900 races. You're not quite sure. And God knows how many Southwestern Riverina Premierships, and you're now 61 years of age, so you've decided to pull the numbers back, and you rarely work more than 10 horses these days.
1: Yeah, that's like the, the way my heel is, and that, that's, nearly, that's nearly enough for me to, to keep me know, in trouble or out of trouble, which one it does. Mm.
0: All Tamora racing fans, Ray, of your generation, remember the glory days of Paleface Adios, the unforgettable champion who won 111 races over his long career. He was good for the town, wasn't he?
1: Oh, yeah, for harness racing in general and and big big for Tamora, very big. Um, Him and Just Too Good and Adios Victor. All roughly in the same area era. Hmm. Welcome, advice, just up the road at E. There was some terrific free for alls here in them days.
0: Mm. Even horses like Ardrossan and Harwood Brigade was another one. Lovely black horse. You'd see them at Harold Park frequently in the old days, and there was always a buzz when a really good, well-credentialed Riverina horse came to town.
1: Yeah, there was a, there was a lot of lot of good horses, Hull of the Brigade, you've never seen the best of him, owner's dispute kept him off the track a lot, mm. but he, he could have been up there with the best of them, I thought,
0: Yeah.
1: had he got the chance.
0: Yeah, and Ray, I forgot another super little horse from your area, James Darren.
1: He, he was good, James Darren, he was probably a little bit... I remember him, but, you know, I wasn't very mm. old. He was very good, James Darren.
0: Brilliant juvenile, wasn't he? Great two- and three-year-old. I think he was sold to America, wasn't he, later? Yeah, he,
1: went, he, went, he did go to America for a lot of money. That mm. had, had no choice. The money was too big.
0: Mm. You tell me Paleface's former trainer driver, Colin Pike, isn't enjoying the best of health these days, but he still loves to reminisce and have a chat about his once-in-a-lifetime horse.
1: Yes, he he's uh up in the home up here in Tamora, my mother's in the same home. Mm. But um he, i think Cole he's still going all right, but um his body's the mind's okay, the bodies give up. Yeah,
0: that happens. And Colin's wife, Shirley, is there every day, totally devoted to him.
1: Oh, Shirley does a big job. Yeah, big job. She's um very very dedicated.
0: mm it mentions your mum, she's 85 and going strong. She's really struggled with the loss of your dad, hasn't she? More than 40 years ago now. Oh, yes,
1: yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, very, very, took it very hard and just never got over it.
0: Now, there's one other remarkable lady to whom we have to pay tribute, Ray, and I refer to the uncrowned Queen of Tamora, your remarkable wife, Jane. A great horse person in her own right. She's the hard-working secretary of the Tamora Trotting Club and you hold a spot on the committee too. Every person that contributes to the Tamora Trotting Club does so on a voluntary basis.
1: Yes, it's a voluntary club. A lot of hard-working people here, they do a big job. They haven't got to be on the committee to help and that suits a lot of them and they just turn up when we need them and do a big job, if it wasn't for Jane, I don't know if Tomorrow Trotting Club is still in action. It's, uh, she has done a big job, and all those kids I've mentioned, she's helped every one of them in different ways mm. when they were working for me, so it's been a big help, and she can drive fast work, do anything.
0: Mm. Is Jane still driving work?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: She's a marvel.
1: Yes. And she drives work. She loves driving work, especially... Um if I got one that can go a bit. Mm. She likes to have a drive.
0: Has she driven Mr. Ray in track work or won't you let her?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. He he's probably one of the easiest ones to drive.
0: Is he? A two year old. Yeah, he yeah. he's,
1: he's he he drives himself. You just put him like putting him in driving away you go.
0: Ray, they tell me you've got brood mares scattered all over the district. Some of them are at Bar Medman, others are on a forty acre place you've got close to Tamora. And you'd be the kind of bloke that would have one or two mares stuck in little paddocks all over the place.
1: Yeah, I, it's a, I've got to have a bit of a map here so I know where they are. They're in a paddock at Joe Blow's place and out at Lorna Penny's place and out at Matt News place. They're all over the shop. Yeah. Um, I'll send the numbers back to what I used to do but mm-hmm. still, still make use of those places.
0: I always enjoy asking horsemen of your generation to nominate uh, the people who were role models in your early days. And I think I know uh, uh, the man you'll give that tribute to, a brilliant trainer and driver who dominated the golden days of the 1970s at Harold Park. Uh, Kevin
1: Newman, he was, he was me
0: hero. Mm. He was great to watch, wasn't he? Oh,
1: never. Didn't seem to ever make a mistake. He hmm. used, everything sort of seemed to fall into place.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he was always in the right spot at the right time.
1: Yeah, I thought to myself when I was a kid watching him, I said, I've got to go down here and see if I can win around this track. Hmm. But I had to get the horses to do it, and that yeah. took some finding.
0: <laughs> you know, he won 10 Harold Park Trainers Premierships and 8 Harold Park Drivers Premierships. A tremendous record, tremendous achievement. and. Uh, He's gone now. I think Kevin left us maybe four years back, but certainly never forgotten.
1: No, and he done all that and he he didn't go that long in life. He sort of retired earlier, so he's done a Mm. big job in in the space of time. Mm. Uh,
0: We old-timers will never forget his Miracle Mile win very early in the piece, way back in 68 on the great Halwes, He formed a partnership with Hal Wes and they were great to watch together.
1: Yes, I'm a bit – I was only eight years old when that race was on. I remember him winning on Friendly Footman, eh?
0: mate. Turn it up, mate. (laughs) (laughs) I remember it very clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Mr. Ray and others of his age group will benefit from a revolutionary change – adopted by both harness racing australia and harness racing new zealand now after painstaking consultation with all sections of the industry it was decided to put forward by 4 months the birthday date of southern hemisphere standard breeds to january the 1st the general consensus was in favour of the change And I think most people in your neck of the woods agree that it's the way to go. It'll take a little bit of getting used to, of course.
1: No, I I don't know why we didn't think of this years ago. Mm. um, Big, big benefit for the horse. They're not getting pushed as much early. Mm. It's a big, big benefit for the welfare of the horse.
0: Mm. I remember a wise old breeder saying to me many years ago that the Australian breeding season started much too early. Because of short days and minimum sunshine in the early spring, the ovulation process of the mares is very slow. But as the weather warms up and the sun is high up in the sky, mares are suddenly in season all over the place. So you'd think, Ray, that foal numbers should increase under the new system.
1: If if people want to breed them, they will. Uh, It's Mm. um, a sport sort of levelled out, wasn't going nowhere, but I think it might be just starting to pick up a little bit again now.
0: Mm. Thank goodness Harness Ratio New Zealand decided to follow the Australian lead, uh, keeping in step with Australia. It would have been a hell of a mess otherwise. Oh, couldn't, couldn't
1: have worked. No. And common sense has prevailed and joined in, so that's good.
0: Mm. Well, blokes like Ray Walker are the reason this sport has survived through many turbulent times because you love the business and you love the people in it. But most importantly, you've got a passion for the standard bred horse, which has helped you through all of the rough patches. It,
1: it sure has. I'd like to got paid for the hours we put in. But, mm. but um, you do it because you love the sport. You don't, uh, you don't do it for the monetary gain otherwise you do something else but I've been one of the lucky ones I've had a bit of luck or success a lot of hard work but um, a lot of people do the same they just don't have the same amount of luck I suppose
0: mm. I mentioned in the introduction that uh, Mr Ray has already qualified for the semi-final of the Breeders Challenge uh, which is to be run on October the 16th, that's a way off Ray, are you likely to be tempted to give him one more?
1: I've been thinking about it and talked to Darryl Ferrett about it and uh I haven't actually made up my mind which way to go. It's it's, it's a bit of a there's a fortnight between the semi and the final. Mm. You'd have the run in the semi and we could just wind him up a bit more for the final. Mm. Uh he's unbeaten. That's what I always say to Darryl when he gets in the gig, don't worry about that, you've got to get beat sometime. Mm. But, uh, I don't know a hundred percent what I'm whether I will or I won't.
0: Mm. Is he a good doer?
1: Very. Yeah. That'll limit, limit a little bit what you give him, otherwise he'd
0: be too fat. Mm, that's a worry, isn't it? That makes October yes. the 16th seem even further away.
1: Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: True. Now, how are the girls, Ray? I can remember you asking me many years ago uh, to organise some work experience at Sky Channel for young Hayley. She came down for a week or ten days. She was very well-behaved. Uh, she flew the walker colours proudly and I hope she got something out of the experience.
1: Uh, she was very thankful for the chance you give her and her and her sister, without them in the early days when we were working upwards of 35 horses, they used to get out of bed and come and help and do all the work in the morning and afternoon if we needed them. She married Timmy Doherty, mm-hmm. one of Johnny's sons, and they're going quite good. They've got a 30-acre property and a track and She's a school teacher now, and Timmy, he, he's got a job uh, at a equestrian place. He looks after there mm. at Lavington, and he he's trained a couple of winners for me just recently, actually.
0: Good. And Stephanie, of course, is married to an outstanding young horseman in Jared Elchon at Manangle. Now, how many grandchildren between them have the girls provided?
1: Haley's got. Uh, Two two daughters and Jared and Steph have got a girl and they've just had a a boy about six weeks
0: ago. Oh, good stuff. So the famous dark blue with the yellow spots are going to be around Australian harness tracks for a while yet.
1: Well, if they want to wear them, they'll be there. (laughs) Good on you, mate.
0: Ray, it's lovely to catch up. We've known one another for a long, long time, although... Sadly, circumstances being what they are, I haven't seen much of you uh, in more recent history. Great to reminisce about a career of which you can be justifiably proud and it ain't finished yet.
1: No, we'll keep attacking. While I can walk, I'll keep
0: going. Ray Walker, our special guest on a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. Harness Racing New South Wales has established a much needed initiative to help harness racing participants who are struggling with personal issues through these tough times. It's called Mates for Harness and it offers a helping hand to anybody struggling with the ravages of drug or alcohol abuse, domestic violence, or mental illness. Mates for Harness is there for anybody needing a helping hand. The support group is headed up by the very experienced Morris Logue, Chaplain. Colin Watts, and a sports psychologist, Oliver Brett. Ambassadors are on standby all over the state. In the metro area, it's Darren Binskin. The Hunter, Peter Allen. The North West, Leanne Flower. The Western Districts, Amy Rees. The Riverina, Seren Adams. And the Far West, Steve and Marie Robinson. If you need to talk to somebody, Mates for Harness can help www.matesforharness.com.au or ring Morris Logue on 0400 984 193. You don't need to be alone. Talk it over with a mate.